It is the first of uh, Favier, as the French say. It is a new season. It is a Monday edition of the Chair Shop Podcast, coming to you after a loaded weekend of wrestling. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by Tony. Hello, Barry. And also the Griff. Hello, hello, hello. There's 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 a name that hasn't been been said, but but upon a, a decade. Um, well, lads, we've made it to the other side of the Royal Rumble. We've made it to February, which is you know better than January in some ways. I don't know how many ways this year it'll be better, but um, how are we keeping? How have the weeks been? What have we both been up to? Ooh, you know, you know that saying. Um... The days are long, but the years are short. Um, well, this this one, it's uh, the days are long and the weeks are also long, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, she is dragging along. Its feet get moving. No, no, it's it's well, not not much of a change from last week. Um, mm. Did have some, some some positives and negatives this week. So it was Michelle's birthday this week, so we uh, we took a half day on uh, last Tuesday. Um, had a little celebration, cooked a nice meal, had some wine, um, lots of <laughs> lots of uh, donuts, and she got a lovely bouquet of flowers. <laughs> she was very spoilt. So that was that was very nice. Yeah. Um, uh, but at the same time, our outside drain was blocked, the kitchen drain. Oh, lovely! Um, which is a nightmare. So just water uh, overflowing from the drain. Um, so we, we live in um, a masonette, which is like a flat with another flat on top. Um, so we share a drain with upstairs and um, upstairs there are uh, tenants. It's a, it's a rental property and of course they are scum. Um, mm. they, they don't give a shit. They probably put anything down the, down the sink. Just, I, sh- I, can't, I can't imagine what they're putting down. They're just pouring like vats of grease. You know, that, episode of the Sim- that episode of The Simpsons where Willie's... You know, once the grease or Homer's trying to get the grease out of the school. Yeah. I imagine it's a little bit like that. It's just pouring vats of grease down the sink. Because it was, yeah, it was completely blocked with a big uh, fatberg. Uh, And I don't mean Goldberg. I mean an actual, like, big mound of grease and fat and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, after a week of trying to keep asking them about it, say, have you told your landlord? 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 Where's my spy camera? Where's my spy camera? Where's my spy camera? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they hadn't done anything, so I just called out the company and paid the hundred odd quid to get a guy to come out and unblock the drain because uh, we hadn't been able to use the washing machine for a week because uh, we didn't want to get uh, water everywhere. Um, but finally, it's fixed. They came and fixed it today, and we've had about five loads of washing on today. So uh, that. Um, that uh, barrier has been broken. We are back on. Back, we've got plumbing again. Got, That's good. We've got plum pl- indoor plumbing, so we're we're back to the sort of sixties now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, a good, a good and a bad week. How about you guys? What have you been up to? Um. Well, today is the first day for me of no goody February. Ooh. Is that where is that where February is just shit like the rest of the last ten months? <laughs> no, I'm I'm off any kind. I'm I'm basically on the ultimate the ultimate diet. I'm off any kind of treat because this last year, 
I think I I spoke more about it's the start of the year because when the COVID started and I wasn't able to go to the gym anymore, I was like, hmm, no point giving uh, the old health updates where mm-hmm. there ain't none. But like last year, I started the year at 212 pounds and finished at like 195. So I lost almost 20 pounds. And, um, but I really stagnated from like June to December. I pretty much weighed 195 the entire <laughs> six months, which is good. I didn't put the weight back on, um, but also the lack of like further improvement was a little bit, um, you know, disheartening. No, no, not maybe not disheartening, but um, discouraging maybe. And I was sl- I was very slowly dipping my toe back into being at the shop and seeing a little chocolate orange and going, ah, well, you know, there's a football game on. I might want to have a chocolate orange while I watch the football or whatever. Um, it, it definitely didn't slip very badly, but I just thought, you know, February being the shortest month of the year, because um, I was still having some of the 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 better for you, in inverted commas, the better for you treats. Like I'd have um, a super split ice cream, which is like 40 calories, or I'd have a, a bag of, you know, a small bag of popcorn, which is, isn't a huge mm-hmm. amount of calories. And I haven't, I've probably had, not counting the odd McDonald's. I, I don't think I've had a non-diet or max fizzy drink. I may, Maybe I had one or two all of last year. But even that's off. Like, nothing at all for the month of February. It is the shortest month of the year, so it shouldn't be too too hard to do. Um, today is, as I said, the first day. I've, I've had no treats at all. I had just a bowl of cereal, bowl of Rice Krispies when I got up, which as cereal aficionados will know, is like the least, uh, maybe aside from like uh, like bran flakes or, or Weetabix, is one of the least exciting cereals. Um, just had that when I got up. Then I had chicken for dinner with some carrots and rocket salad and some chips. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'll have some cereal again before I go to bed. And I went for a 14-kilometer walk today as well. So... Um, I'm I'm not using the old app that I used to use, my fitness pal. I'm just gonna I'm I have a marker I'm gonna write on my bedside mirror here. I just wrote today one nine six because that's what I weighed in uh, this morning. I was one hundred ninety six pounds, mm-hmm. and I just want to see in purely numerical <laughs> values because I'm sure there'll be other effects that I maybe I won't see in the, in the figures. I'll probably go down a, a belt size or two or or whatever. But I'm interested to see specifically number wise the effect of completely cutting out all kinds of sweets and, and goodies like yeah, yeah over the course of a month <laughs> try and eat clean like i'm probably although i wouldn't consider it a goodie i'm gonna try and more or less avoid bread although you know i, could, I can have bread but i'm gonna yeah try not to have bread as much as possible don't have it and just on today yeah and just and <laughs> just see what the what the result is you know like even ketchup wise i'm on the I don't know if you've seen in the stores, there's like the 50% less mm-hmm. uh, sugar and 30% less salt. I'm on that like extra good for you. What is it? Just red water. <laughs> uh, it's just blood, I believe. <laughs> um, so today is the start of that. Um, hopefully it goes well. Hopefully I don't be shaken in two days and have the, the sweats. Because of a, a lack of a loop-de-loop, but um, 
No, today was fine. Although I also slept until about ten this morning because I was up for the Royal Rumble last night. Stayed up to watch it live. Why? Uh, because it was quite good. So it was uh, good we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I, I, I would have fallen asleep very quickly during that show if I stayed up for it. Um, well, no, I mean, I've I've had a bit of insomnia the last few weeks anyway. I've had trouble falling asleep until uh, two or three in the morning. Don't make any jokes about the Royal Rumble being the cure for insomnia, by the way, because that was a good show. Mm. And, um, it was. It was an R.H. It was an R.H. And so I was, able, I was able to stay up until like three in the morning pretty easily because I'm used to it by now. And then I slept pretty well afterwards. But I'm also interested to see cutting the caffeine out completely from... Um, the Pepsi Max, if that affects my sleep. So we'll see. We'll see how um, no goody February trademark goes for me, and uh, that, that's really all the life got for me. I, I, I think I think the general um, post COVID thing. I mean, I, I think the uh, the sleep pattern has been bad uh, for me as well. I mean, it, right. it's not it's not terrible. I am not not. I wouldn't say I am not sleeping, but it's definitely been worse. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. Yeah, it's shitty. It is shitty, and I. Uh, but I do imagine that diet can be uh, a factor of this, which is probably why mine is so bad, baby. Um, uh, if anything, I'm eating worse. I'm I'm picking up Paul's slack for no goody all goody February here in this house. We got a kebab pizza, guys. <laughs> oh, I had, some, I had a delicious southern fried chicken burger for dinner. Today is quite tasty, covered in some kind of spicy mayonnaise. Anyway, uh, my, I have an update on last week's life guff. Uh, you'll remember, uh, avid listeners from one whole week ago, uh, your boy Barry was a 500 quid in the hole with two uh, Xbox um, <laughs> memory expansion gimmicks. Uh, I ordered one uh, about a bajillion weeks ago. Uh, never came, called Microsoft, said, what you doing? They said, oh, don't know. Don't know where it is, mate. Do you want another one? And I was like, yes, please. And I was like, will you refund me for the first one? They went, yeah. Uh, so that was that was about two weeks ago at this stage. Called them back up. Um, the second one was supposed to arrive this past month. A week ago today, actually, it was supposed to arrive. Didn't arrive. Called them back there uh, on uh, Thursday, I believe. I said, hey, just wondering, lads. I gave you 500 quid. Um, uh, and you haven't sent me diddly piss. Uh, you're supposed to be sending me a replacement and refunding me for the first one. They went, oh yeah, sorry. We'll they, the short version of the second phone call was, we'll do that. We will, I swear. Um, and then today, I'm at work, working from home, of course. Get it all call on the mobile phone. UPS man outside for me. And I go down. I actually didn't know what he was going to bring me. I was like, oh, I wonder. I was like, I ordered a shirt a couple of days ago. Maybe it's my shirt, or maybe it's a. Maybe it's a delayed Christmas thing. I don't know. I go down and he gets out and he's walking towards me and I notice he has not one but two packages in his hands and I instantly knew what they both <laughs> fucking were. And so I went up to my apartment and I opened them both up and sure enough, it was both the f- hard drives that somehow, despite being processed weeks apart and held up in who the fuck knows where in a UPS warehouse somewhere with no tracking number, the company who sent them didn't know where they were, the the tracking numbers for the courier didn't know where they were, they somehow showed up together at my apartment, which is, you know, uh, know, it is a a bit of a win and a bit of a loss because I I did ultimately 
want one. I was I was preparing, and thank God I didn't because I might have been done for fraud. I was about to call my bank and ask them to do a chargeback, and I was going to be like, "Look, I need I would I would like five hundred quid, please." Um, for this uh, thing I paid for, I never got. And then if it arrived at my door, I would have been quite, I would have been worried that the feds were going to come get me um, if I had done that. Um, so I, I, I wanted, you know, I was willing to just call it a, a write off and just get the money back. Um, but I did still want one. So I was like, oh God, will I get the refund and wait for like a GameStop to open or some shit like that? Um, now I have to. I did message a couple of pals when I when the two of them arrived, right? And I messaged a couple of pals who I know got the Xbox. And I was like, do you want this second one? And I wanted to give them a discounted rate just so I could get rid of it. But, like, I didn't want to give it away for free either. So I still was like, I messaged with you. I was like, will you give me 200 quid for this hard drive? <laughs> because, because the reason I'm in this home, I, I've determined, I'm fairly sure that this is a UPS bollock up um partially because i i also the company i work for deals with a lot of ups and oh boy they have got a lot of things on fire at the moment um so so i was like i was like oh i don't want to have to fucking bag it up print the label take it to a depot then find out in three weeks time they lost it at the depot and there's no refund coming your way because we lost it blah 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 so i i messaged um uh, some buddies of mine a couple of different popped into a couple of groups i was like does anyone want this i was tempted to pop it up just on the on go enter into the absolute nightmare that is facebook marketplace um uh, and and just deal with melts melt because does this work on Xbox three sixty? Does it <laughs> um uh, and I was just like I don't I really can't be fucked either with any of that. So I just said like, there's a place open near me that does printing. I printed off a return label and I'm going to post it back tomorrow and just just pray that it doesn't get it's going back with the same courier it came with. Um so just pray to God that it doesn't get lost and I get refunded. Um, in a somewhat reasonable um, uh, time frame. But uh, that's kept it interesting in the last few weeks. And I am keeping one, obviously, uh, and I popped it in earlier today and it works and it's great. Um, but fucking hell. I mean, that's... This This is like... <laughs> I'm kind of in the mindset now where I'm like, I don't... Until the world comes to terms with, with the, the volume of online ordering happening... And the courier companies kind of refine their footing. I kind of feel like I don't want to order anything ever. Not so much as a fucking uh, DVD copy of Dumb and Dumber for two quid, you know, because <laughs> it just seems like so much hassle at the moment trying to get things and send things. And um, yeah, so that, that's the end of that saga for another while. Anyway, I'm sure I'll, I'll come back on here in a month's time and said I still haven't got my fucking money back. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's that. I still haven't got my Oscar fucking prize from work <laughs> yeah from like a month ago all right we'll 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 ring them up and say can i have another one and then they'll both arrive <laughs> you'd be, uh, like, you'd and be like, like but, but, but you will have to send one back they're gonna be like paul it's 250 quid worth of gold in that <laughs> um, so uh, so yeah that's uh that's the old life go who's got oreos to talk about by the way oh yeah i forgot about the oreos go on um, um, so we got a package uh, from Michelle's birthday from her father in Los Angeles, and he sent over four packs of Oreo cookies. And when I say packs, I don't mean like the tube, you know, that we get here. I mean like yeah. they're like the size of a pillow, American ones, <laughs> like they're massive. 
Do you um, have a review for us, do you? I can, I can give you a quick review. We've opened one of the packs so far. So it's their um, limited edition one. It's called Brookio, um, Brookio Oreos. Um, nothing to do with Brookside, unfortunately. But it's, <laughs> So it's a brownie, original cream, and cookie dough flavoured triple layer Oreo. Mm. So it's your Oreo biscuit with three layers of cream, one flavoured like a brownie, one is the normal uh, Oreo cream, and the other one is cookie dough with little kind of mm. So it's three cream, it's what, three. four biscuits? It's, no, what? Four biscuits? No, two biscuits. Three layers as in three layers of different cream. Oh. But in one in one biscuit, I mean, it's, got, it's a triple layer. Yeah. It's like double stuff, but triple stuff. Oh, I understand what you mean. Sorry. Yeah. I thought the layers were like divided by a biscuit in my head, like a, a, a single. Like Oreo a, like a Big Mac. They're not a big Like a Big Mac, Mac but it's not. It's okay. The cream is all together. No, right? it's one biscuit, three layers of cream, and another biscuit. Uh, so yeah, but they are they are rather delicious, I do have to say. They sound very good, I must say. It's so nice you get a sort of different flavour with each, with each one. Mm. Um, and of course, triple stuff. You know, I always said double stuff Oreos should be the standard Oreo. You know, single right. single layer. I've got no time for a fucking single layer of Oreo. It's ridiculous. Right. Double double stuff should be the standard, and I think triple stuff should be the new double stuff. That's how I would change it. If I was in charge, I mean, I'm very jealous of the the volume of varieties they have over in the US. Yeah. Because, yeah, we get our little shitty tubes, which are not the size of a pillow. No. And it's like, well, you can have normal, mint, chocolate. Birthday cake. Do you have those? Oh, they're shit. Rare, rarely you will see a birthday cake. Rarely you will see a birthday cake. Uh, I mean, uh, like, and then golden. Uh, and then birthday golden, cake is it. a bad filling. Birthday cake is a bad filling in a sweet. Mm. I don't mind the birthday cake, but I, I definitely think it's it's on the worse end mm. uh, like the like birthday cu- birthday cake m&ms are like the worst of the of the n- fucking stupid flavored m&ms mm, controversial but yeah no. i went through a little period of ordering oreos off like amazon mm. from like the u.s variants and there was one limited edition one that was really nice it was marshmallow moon oh and they were lovely um I quite like the lemon ones, but a lot of people who in the Oreo community <laughs> badmouth the lemon ones and say they're rubbish. I, I think they're quite nice. Um, there was a, a s'more one they did as oh, well. That was really good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite was a, they did a chocolate cupcake. Um, right. I think it's chocolate, something like that. Yeah. That's probably the best one I've ever had. Because the chocolate brownies ones we get over here i think are probably my least favorite they're just too nothingy yeah flavor-wise. yeah they're not um, um interesting enough god i'd love a marshmallow oreo again right now although i will say my and this is probably why i'm doing no goody february because this is just the worst thing i think i probably said this on the show before though um the the way that you can improve a an original oreo is get a bag of those um, Terry's chocolate orange mini segs <laughs> and 
uh, twist the top off, put a little chocolate orange segment in, and then put the top back on, and ooh, they complement it real good, baby. <laughs> um, and then it's like, Paul, why are you two hundred and twelve pounds all of a sudden? You're wolfing down chocolate orange Oreos, five hundred calories a biscuit, probably. Oh, it's God. it's it's damn damn good. Yeah. Maybe for maybe for one off. Maybe I'll do that in, in March. But I love it. Too nice, too good. Right? Are we good with life, Guff? Right. Move on? Yeah, we'll we'll move on for boys. Although I, it's funny that when I saw it on the the run sheet, I also had for the first time ever in my life, I had Oreo thins this week. Yeah, they're a bit. I mean, I I, I, would say that I I agree with Joe's um, thing. Just you know, you want you want extra cream, you want the double stuff, you want you want. But what I do like about the thins is that the, the biscuit itself is thin, which make which makes it a nice little, little nibble of a lunchtime. Hmm. Um, I don't it's, know. It's not, it's not, whatever it's about the texture. Material. No, I don't know. Whatever about texture it is, they're just too like wispy and wafery. And... Hmm. I don't know. I need a bit more substance in my Oreo, I think, than a thin. I do like the little mini ones you can get, though. Yeah. Um, that are like the size of a... Oh, yeah. No bars. One penny coin, maybe. Yeah. Nice. The, those ones are nice. But the thins I've tried and didn't love. Anyway, that's Oreo Guff for this week. Um, we're going to replace all the Simpsons talk from the first decade with... An, uh, the next decade will have... All Oreos all the time. <laughs> um, oh, Oreo tournament. But then we'd oh, have to. Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. We'd have to get them and eat them. That's the only problem. Um, uh, I got some. We had, we also very recently. Uh, my girlfriend's discovered that the, she loves the little, the little Asian market. You know, she got some Oreo pockies from the little Asian market. Oh, yeah, uh, which were very tasty. And uh, she went there again today. And got some other pockies too. Anyway, we'll move on. Speaking to the wait, no, no, no. Speaking okay. of Asian market, right? I once got some really nice, I assume, Japanese Oreos, and they were mango and orange flavor. Mm, Mango and orange. Yeah, they're very nice. Right. All right. So it was like a a split cream, half mango, half orange. It was very good. Um, Let's go to Teleguff. Come on. All right. Teleguff, Teleguff. Lead the way. Why don't you lead the way? Uh, we finished watching Avatar, The Last Airbender. We finished it. Um, I'd say between Friday and Sunday, we probably watched 14 episodes of it. So we got it finished real fast. Um, yeah, overall, I like it. I liked it a lot. I think there's something about it um, that it maybe lacks a little bit of an edge. I think being a Nickelodeon kids show, while it's got like a really deep lore to it and all that stuff that is usually satisfying in a TV show, sometimes it's a little bit slow or sometimes a little bit too safe or too kitty. I don't know. But overall, I thought it was really good. And I thought the last couple of episodes in particular were really strong. So it went out on a on a high. Um, So I don't know what show we're going to do next. We've done uh, season one of Gilmore. We might need to go back to Gilmore Girls, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, done Avatar, done um, Twin Peaks, obviously. Uh, so yeah, now it's time for another new show. Um, which I don't know, maybe maybe we go back to Gilmore Girls. Uh, I was having a conversation with my brother the other day about Lost, and the two of us, like the biggest marks in the world, <laughs> got each other all hyped up to watch Lost again. 
and I was like fidgeting with excitement of oh my god lost remember lost um so lost might not be too far away to get back onto we, we watched the first two seasons of that we need to get back onto that um but no avatar very good I would say probably not as good as the James Cameron film but <laughs> um better than the Xbox uh user user I think easier yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, mid- middling praise so um no it was good it, it's like a good seven eight out of ten series eight when it's good seven more consistently okay that all you've been watching yeah uh i am re-watching i think this is my third time going through the breaking bad Mm. Um, because we were looking for something new to watch and Brona hasn't seen it before, which I thought was outrageous. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, like uh, some friends of mine watch it and they were kind of like, oh, maybe you should skip season. I was like, hang on, no, 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 no. You don't want to skip a season of Breaking Bad. <laughs> Anyone who tells you there's a weak season is stupid. Yeah. Um, that is wrong. And I think I've already been proven correct. She didn't tell me what the season was. I think I would have guessed she probably would have said two. But that's wrong. We're nearly finished that now. That's wrong. Um, and it's still excellent. And it is it is one of those shows that you can watch a, a million times and just go like, oh, yeah, this is great. And, you know, you pick up on things. And, uh, yeah, so we're nearly finished season two uh, after only starting it about a week ago. So that is still very good. I imagine we'll probably finish it before, like, next week because it's, it's a real binger. And I forget, it's not that long. It does not have that many episodes, mm-hmm. which is uh, another great thing about it. So, yeah. Uh, that's all we've been watching, though. Not a whole lot of telly here on my end. Uh, we've not been watching too much either since we finished The West Wing. Um, I did discover that they've got every season of Workaholics on Amazon uh, Prime. So we started watching that. And I fucking love Workaholics. It's so funny. And it's weird because it's not my sense of humor at all in in many ways. Like It's very kind of a lot of like toilet humor and kind of stupid pranks and things. I don't know why I enjoy it. I think it's just the chemistry between the characters uh, and the way it's, it's very strong, strongly written. Um, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of workaholics. It's also a good show just to have on. You don't have to kind of pay too much attention to just dip in and out. So that's that's what we've been watching. That's That's been about it, really. Alrighty, it's time for a bit of movie guff here. Um, I will just say I've watched two movies I've already talked about on this podcast, so I'll get them out of the way. Rewatched Clueless, um, which is, you know, a solid brainless watch. I, I don't love it as much as some people, but, you know, it's all right. Alicia Silverstone, the late Brittany Murphy, God rest her. Um, Donald Faison and others, good. And also uh, inspired by Hitman 3, which I believe we'll be talking about later. Stay tuned, listeners. Do not adjust that dial. Uh, I rewatched Knives Out. Um, which I was very curious how it would hold up on a rewatch, and I have to say, I think I, I think I probably slightly enjoyed it more. Um, after already thinking it was very, 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 very good. Um, so yeah, just really entertaining, really well crafted, great performances up and down the cast. Uh, yeah, so two thumbs up for Knives Out still, and that's on Prime by the way. If anyone wants to rewatch that one, uh, those are my movies. I didn't see anything else this week. Yeah, I've never seen Clueless. Interesting. I uh, I don't know if you it's if you'd like it. I don't know. It's it's I it's kind of it's kind of dull. It's kind of um like I'm kind of surprised. No, I'm not surprised it has cult status because it's so 90s. It is kind of like it was parodying the 90s 
sort of during the 90s while also being massively influential to 90s culture um like it's 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 insane in 90s and it's kind of got this kind of classic uh bitchy high school story of like you know uh, the main girl um clueless she's like um uh she she kind of does a a hottie into a naughty no a naughty into a hottie transformation on britney murphy and then britney murphy becomes the the and then they become competition but that takes like an hour to happen like the first movie the first hour hour of the movie is just kind of it's like establishing all the characters and the slice of life of clueless um it just takes ages to get going it's very i, I don't know it's it's not it's not great but it's 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 certainly uh um uh, an easy watch yeah right um but anyway Brittany murphy has to be one of the worst casting for a naughty that i've ever heard of yeah they put a bit of the yeah they dress her down in a way um glasses uh, hair up in a bunch yes yes uh, hair hair up glasses yeah uh kind of like uh uh, toned down colors in a movie where everyone is wearing just bright yellow and 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 baby blue and and all sorts of stuff yeah it is it might very well be the birthplace of that trope in in the 90s uh, teen comedies but um yeah that was uh, that is quite outrageous anyway that's my uh, those are my two movies for the week right um i watch a little more godzilla movies that's what i do these days um, sorry yeah i watched well i've seen what was the last one i talked about king kong versus godzilla which is the third of the drop toho japanese godzilla movies right so Given that I watched that without realizing it was like film number three of the series, I've since gone back and watched one, two, and four, which I, as I said last week, I've got off um, the Internet Archive, where all those films are. Uh, so the first movie, and these are all, by the way, before I get into the first movie, all these versions that I watched are not only the English dub, but are actually American re-edits of the... Um, Japanese originals, some which are very noticeable, i.e. King Kong versus Godzilla, and some which are uh, very minute, more kind of, let's say, some some are more Return of the Jedi 1997, and some are more Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> where it's little changes, but you don't really notice them, and then sometimes there's a, a, a song by a, a hairy alien for 10 minutes in the middle of the movie. Um, so first, I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, aka uh, Gojira, in its mm. original release, um, the nineteen fifty four classic that started it all. Let me get up and bring up my uh, letterbox review because, to be honest, without spoiling any of these reviews, you can only have so many military lads having meetings about what to do about Godzilla before the movies start to kind of blend together. Um, yeah, one thing I liked about this this movie compared to King Kong versus Godzilla is that King Kong versus Godzilla had this obnoxious framework of being like a news broadcast, and that was the American re-edit. So they they you'd have the American broadcaster going, "Here's the story of the attack in Japan. Uh, now let's go to live to Godzilla attacking the sea, <laughs> shown in film rather than shot like a news thing." Um, and so every time we'd cut back to that, it, it would stop the m- momentum of the film really badly. And so the film felt really choppy and really uh, uneven as a result. Whereas what they did in Godzilla King of the Monsters was much more like goofily charming and, and silly, but kind of worked in a sense of 
preserving the the film's flow mm. is they would ha- they would just use the Japanese scenes of a boardroom full of people shouting at each other about what to do about Godzilla. And then it would, it would it would show that in like a wide shot of the room, right? And then it would cut to like a tight shot of one corner where there's an American lad going, I don't speak no Japanese. What's going on? And his little Japanese friend would like translate for him. They're saying this is what they're going to do. But like it was the, it was so silly that it was, uh, I, I couldn't help but kind of chuckle at it, at just how <laughs> like bare bones it was done compared to like setting up a news studio and doing the whole news thing, which was worse. To just have uh, our set is just the corner of this lad's room. Stand there and say, "I don't know what's happening," and we'll explain. And that's how we they edited it for an American audience. So I actually thought that was kind of, um, as I said, charming in in a in a really goofy way, but also less invasive to the movie. Um, and then yeah, the Godzilla design was was really fun for like a nineteen fifties movie. It looked it looked pretty cool. The effects were fun as well. And uh, and actually, for a movie that came out a decade before Kong vs Godzilla, the 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 big monster stuff looked better. The miniatures looked better, etc. I don't know why that would be, but that was the case. Uh, I then watched Gigantus the Fire Monster, aka Godzilla Raids again. Uh, you, you you might be thinking Gigantus the Fire Monster. If they were, you know, marketing their Godzilla sequel, why wouldn't they have Godzilla in the title of the movie? Because someone made the baffling decision to not acknowledge in the film that it is Godzilla. They decided to rebrand it as a different monster. Gigantus, the fire monster. And so Godzilla is in the movie and is clearly Godzilla, but they edited out like his Godzilla scream and his fire breath and stuff. They made really weird edits to it to try and pass it off as like a different thing entirely. Weird. Yeah. um, It also, being the American re-edit, this one has a lot of unnecessary exposition. Um, it, again, it's, it's not quite as on the nose as the King Kong versus Godzilla, but the thing I would liken it to is, you know, at the start of Empire Strikes Back when Luke goes goes out on, um, gets caught in the snow and Han mm-hmm. goes out on the uh, the Tauntaun to find them, and then they have like a snow speeder fly overhead and find them, and he goes, "I found them." Imagine if that scene was just a snowspeeder captain flying for seven minutes talking about what he was doing. I was anxiously looking for Han and Luke as I flew over the Hoth snowscape. And as I flew, I thought of my, my family back home. And like, why is he saying this? This has nothing to do with the film. I can see what's happening. You don't need to explain to me everything. It was so boring and weird. Are you sure you didn't have the audio description on? <laughs> and it was Mel Gibson talking over the and then and then I put EastEnders on and, uh, and it was going uh, yeah, Pauline walks into the corner and uh, orders a pint <sighs> and I was trying to watch the movie and in the corner was this woman waving her arms about it. I was like miss I can't see the movie you're blocking the uh, corner <laughs> olive oil walking around in front of the frame <laughs> yeah good 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 um, Polish to Popeye versus Godzilla. <laughs> um, yeah, the film for the most part was quite was really boring. Um, when when Godzilla is on, it's real fun because he fights Angurus, who's like a a spinosaur type thing. Like, uh, what's the Ankylosaur, the plated one? But he's got like spines mm. on his back. That's fun. He fights a big monster. That's what you want. And it's like the first movie where Godzilla fights another giant creature so that was cool 
But then the film, like, for 15 minutes turns into a police chase with characters who we don't know. And then, um, spoiler, mild spoiler, uh, Godzilla kills the, the bad... Well, Godzilla actually is the, the antagonist, but he kills the other monster, right? Uh, and then you look at the time, and there's 40 minutes of the film left, and you're like, oh, the fun part is over, and now we have 40 minutes of boring bollocks. So I would skip that one. And then today I watched uh, my favorite of the four that I've seen so far, Mothra versus Godzilla, uh, which was marketed in the US as Godzilla versus The Thing. Um I don't know why they refer to Mothra as the thing. Mothra is a much more concise description of what it is. It's a mm. big moth. Uh, yeah, this one is is kind of a bit simpler, a bit more straightforward than the other ones, um, and a bit more modern. It felt a bit more modern. Obviously, it is the most modern of the four. But like, what year is it? Plot wise, uh, sixty four. Oh, still, still ages ago. Yeah. So they they find a mysterious giant egg in the middle of the ocean. Um. It gets taken ashore and bought by a wealthy businessman. And that's that's your setup. There's a mystery egg. What's going on? Is the gobbledygooker gonna come out? Um and but but it felt the way it's set up feels like, you know, were they to do a modern remake of this, they could keep the setup exactly the same and it would work. Um The next scene though changes it up where uh the, the journalist who's like investigating the egg comes across a pair of tiny twins, like the size of the borrowers. Remember them? Mm. And they're from like Mothra Island. And they warn that if the egg is not returned, it will bring only disaster because the larvae that hatch from it will eat everything and destroy the world. And these little tiny people are like one of the main plot points of the film. So this is the film where it's gone from a semi-realistic monster attack to there's tiny people and uh, a giant moth. And then after this, it goes into like space aliens and talking baby Godzillas and stuff. So this is, this is kind of the, the jumping off point before becoming very silly. But I, what I appreciated about the weirdness and about silliness is that so many of the Godzilla films are exactly the same boring framework of military government scientist types yakking on endlessly and they all feel the same as i said this one didn't feel the same because it was it felt much more weird fantasy and then at the end of that you got godzilla fighting mothra which is great you know um this is the first one where i've noticed that godzilla theme song playing the um uh, the Samoa Joe song, pretty much. <laughs> and that is just the best. It's great. Um, one thing that these films don't quite get right, though, obviously because of the limitations at the time, is the feeling of scale. Um, it's it's really the old Father Dougal thing where the, the creatures don't feel... Like, they just feel very far away rather than feeling big. Um, and because of the puppetry limitations, some of the combat is also looks a bit clumsy. But... It was really fun, and if you're looking to dip your toe into the old Godzilla movies, go with the first one or Mothra vs. Godzilla. I would skip King Kong, Godzilla, and the second one. Skip them completely. Those two were shite. The first one and the fourth one were pretty good. Um, So next up I'm excited for is uh, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, which is the the introduction of King Ghidorah, who's like the Godzilla nemesis. 
Uh, and also Mothra Godzilla is the last movie of the run with Godzilla as the antagonist because they figured out at that stage uh, that everyone wanted to cheer for Godzilla. So they made him the, the good guy. Uh, so that's Godzilla Guff. <laughs> Joe, Guff. what about yourself? I think you mean Guffzilla. Guffzilla. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, Very nice. Are you going to uh, compile a list, Paul, when you're all done? I have a list already on Letterboxd of kaiju movies, um, which includes other movies outside of the Godzilla canon, such as, uh, well, Shin Godzilla is part of that, Pacific Rim, Monsters, Cloverfield, King Kong, Rampage. Um, So I have that on my Letterboxd, but um, I mean, all the Godzilla movies will be in there anyway, so that's, that's where it'll be. Oh, I got a few movies for you. Nothing, nothing new. But, um, watched a lot of TV movies. So Independence Day was on Channel Four on Saturday, oh. and I will always watch Independence Day because mm. I think it's <laughs> probably the best movie ever made. If I'm honest, um, Jeff Goldblum's in it. Going, oh no, oh, ooh, yeah, we gotta ooh, get it to the White House. <laughs> and Will Smith's like, ah, hell no, I need to get to the White House. And then, oh, aliens, they're pretty good. Um, there's that bit where one of them um, psychically tells uh, Bill Pullman their secret plan, which is great. Uh, and yeah, it's just a great some effects starting to get a bit wobbly, uh, especially the end, the uh, some of the green screen. But still, a, a brilliant movie. Uh, watched In the Loop, the um, movie version of, it, of the thick of it. Um, that's another brilliant comedy. Uh, what's his name? Malcolm Tucker is very good in that. Of course, James James Gandolfini as well is. Fantastic! Ah, oh, it's such a shame that that he passed. We don't get to see him in more movies because he mm. was fantastic in everything. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting movie, and also watched a one that I hadn't thought about in a long, long time, which was on I think it was on ITV on on Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Uh, Cocoon, which is a movie where a load of horny old people find some alien crafts in a swimming pool. Uh, and it makes them all young again, and they're all like dancing and shagging and being horny old people. And Steve Gutenberg's in it, and it's a very strange movie, but it's kind of one of those slightly sort of weird, touching, quite sentimental, but slightly sci-fi '80s movies. Uh, it reminds me a bit of like Harry, Harry and the Hendersons, where they find the Bigfoot in the woods. Um, so yeah, they don't really make kind of very odd movies like that anymore. Or very kind of make odd mainstream movies. But yeah, if you never see Cocoon, it's kind of worth worth a look just for the again. I repeat that the horny old people were very entertaining. So, uh, <laughs> and I also discovered I, did, I didn't realize it's a Ron Howard film, by the way. It's one of his kind of earlier, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Directorial films. Um, he also made a Cocoon two, and I think came out three years later in eighty eight, which I'd never heard of. Um, so I might have to tra- track that down and finally see Cocoon two, horny old people boogaloo. I think that might be it. I think that might be it. Even hornier <laughs> old people. <laughs> so yeah, it's the three pretty, pretty diverse and, and very good movies there. Do you, do you know, Joe, what is the link between the films you review there today and the films I reviewed today? Um, no. Independence Day directed by? Roland Emmerich. Schumacher. Roland Emmerich. Oh, who would then go on to direct? Nineteen ninety eight Godzilla. Nineteen ninety eight Godzilla, of course, of course. And Steve Gutenberg. Which I'm gonna rewatch as part of my uh, Godzilla watch. Oh well you have to. You have to. 
Yeah. It's it's like the exact same movie as Independence Day, but swap aliens with giant roaming lizard. <laughs> like much. that guy. That although, guy, makes, although that guy makes one kind of movie. So, yeah, although Godzilla doesn't have Harvey Firestein in it, which is that's true. That's why it's not scary. Doesn't have Rodney Dangerfield though. In Godzilla? In Godzilla? No. No, I, I, no, I'm thinking of someone else. <laughs> You're thinking of Matthew Broderick. Godzilla has like it has, half the, cast, it has half the cast of The Simpsons in it. It has Hank Azaria, Harry Shearer, and Nancy Carroll. Yeah, it's weird, that, isn't it? They're all in it. Um, well, there's Movie Guff. That's the movies. That is the movie Guff. We will jump in here to the video game Guff Paul. Can yeah. we at last talk about the Hitman 3? Yes, we can. I've played it finally. All right. Why don't you lead us off here having actually played this? Okay. Um, so it finally came to pass, I think it was on Monday, that IO Interactive took their servers down for an hour and a half to apply some server-side fix. And lo and behold, after they had done that, I was able to log on and play the game. At which point, my uh, my decision to play Hitman 2 instead and get the trophies that I had missed went immediately out to window. And I said, no, I'll play Hitman 3 now. Uh, so yeah, um, what can I say? I'm, I'm on Dartmoor, which is the second level. Okay. I got full mastery on Dubai, 20 out of 20. Really? Um, yeah, uh, I probably played Dubai for ten to fifteen hours, somewhere in that range. Um, yeah, and one thing I've noticed about three compared to two is I feel like they're a lot stingier with the mastery in terms of, like I found with Dubai, I pretty much had to do every challenge, with the exception of maybe one or two. Whereas with Hitman Two, I found there was greater scope for picking and choosing which challenges you wanted to do and being able still to reach top mastery for the level. Um, but I thought the Dubai level was fantastic. I thought it was really big and diverse and there was really fun um, assassinations in it. And yeah, it was like the perfect opening level for Hitman 3. Um, got some really fun kills. Um the the targets were fun and, and interesting as well. Uh, so yeah, top, top stuff for that. On to Dartmoor. So the thing with the second level is I that's obviously the level with the Knives Out style murder mystery, right? So I didn't immediately want to do the murder mystery because I think I, when I started second level, I was kind of a little bit tired. I said, I'll just do one run through and I won't do the murder mystery right away. I'll do one of the other mission stories. Uh, but that level is designed in a very specific way that they want you to do the murder mystery first. You start the level and right in front of you is like the detective or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, this, they're pushing me in a specific direction here. Um, but I didn't do it. I did, I did one of the other story missions. I did the, uh, you take the family photograph one. I did that one instead. Uh, I and I have since done the murder mystery. It's so good. Yeah, I've since done the murder mystery one, which I thought was really fun and, and clever. Um, the Dartmoor level, I have to say, I I, I think is a bit small. Not small, because the level's not that small, but 
there's not much to do outside of the house. There's just the greenhouse and the cemetery area, and they feel a little, a little threadbare. And the house itself is a little samey throughout, except for you know the little secret rooms. But then they, you don't use them much per se. Like if, if they were used more in the assassination somehow, I think that would have been clever. So while I'm still enjoying, it, I think. Dubai, I was I was pretty much blown away by how good that level of design was. And then the second level, I was like, yeah, it's good. It's not like incredible, but it's good. Um one thing as well that I'm having an issue with is some of the challenges on, on Dartmoor. Um, which I didn't have on any du- the Dubai challenges. Did all them, everyone I was trying to do, perfect. Da, 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 da. Uh Dartmoor gives me a challenge. Uh take a photo of your one during the family meeting spend 40 minutes getting to the family meeting Uh, take a photo nothing happens no challenge uh, completion popping up for me Uh, check it from a different angle nothing happening take it from I'll I'll look at literally the picture in the challenge thing and try and replicate that nothing happens so I don't know if there if you have to do things in an extremely specific way or if this is something that is going to have to be patched. But I found for that one, also for um, to shoot uh, the target from the roof with a sniper rifle I did, and that didn't pop up. I Yeah, I was trying to do that. Is is there a roof access, or is it just the highest point from her office? Yeah, I assumed... It was because the map doesn't go up any higher than that, so I assumed that was it. That was so yeah, I did it and it didn't pop, and I was like, and I and I looked at the map, the in-game map, and I and I I might just YouTube it later, but I was like, it didn't pop, and I was like, maybe because I guess this the the thing does say roof, it says roof, not like I'm not you know balcony or whatever. So right. I, it's, but I was like, but there's no like I've seen basically everything there is to see on this map. Um, yeah, and and yeah. I did I did I did the photo challenge. For the flirting uh, couple, um, right, I've done that one yet, uh, and that one it did pop for me, but it took a second to the point that I actually didn't. I thought it didn't, and I'm, I wonder maybe is that a? I don't think it is, but I wonder is it pinging a server when you do that? Maybe that's why it's taking. I don't think it does though. I think it only does that stuff at the end of the level. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, because it's still it's better, but it is still I am still getting the odds you're losing connection, or you know I'm I'm getting those things fairly often. Oh, and one other one that I didn't get was like uh, escape on the bike. I was like I literally did that the first time I beat the level. Why is that not popping up for me? So I don't know. Um, I'm trying as much as I can to avoid looking stuff up or using guides. Um, to the point where like with Dubai, my first two hours. I wasn't doing the assassinations at all. I was just looking around, seeing where everything was. Because um, I, I, that's how that's the best way, to, or not the best way, but, you know, I, I always try to avoid a situation where I will get stuck, where I'm like, oh, I need the crowbar. I have no idea where the crowbar. So, I, like, I spend the first two hours always looking, okay, there's a crowbar over here, there's a poison over here, da 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 da, da. Um, Yeah, it's annoying, because... I think I, I'm on like mastery level 15 for Dartmoor now, mm. but I don't know if, if it's as stingy as the first level, it's going to be tough to um, to get full mastery without looking up a guide. So I don't know, but um, so far so good. So far thumbs up. Like I said, Dubai level I really enjoyed, and what I what I especially enjoyed was 
the very start of the level where it leaves you outside the building and you you kind of hop down and then use your phone camera to open the window and climb in through the vent and change into the clothes yeah and then as you come up the stairs for the first time and you see the entire atrium all the people stand there the music swells up i was like oh here here we fucking go <laughs> yeah I mean, it's a great it's a great showpiece um, it really is. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I did all the mission stories in Dubai, and that got me like to mastery level like eight or something. And I was like, ugh, I don't know, because like I, I love playing these maps to death, um, and I feel like I feel like I will. I'm, I, I'm pacing myself definitely. I'm one map ahead of you, but I'm, I'm not, you know. I'm not fully, you know, clearing them out, but I'm I'm playing them a good bit because I want to make this last, obviously. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I kind of looked at as the list of challenges for both the first two maps, and I was like, uh, some of this I don't know if I can if I'll really be arsed, you know. I'll try and find all the locations and maybe all the disguises, but I I don't really feel like oh, because so, yeah, a lot of it is like that stuff in the you were talking about there where to take a photo of this or just see this happen. There's there's one in Dartmoor that's like there are like peepholes and it's like uh, observe the target through a peephole. It's like okay, so I have to play the mission like this long mission that by the way I I did the detective thing my first time uh, right. in Dartmoor and I that I think that took me about an hour and forty minutes. That was my entire playthrough. Um, okay. uh, do I wanted to leave no stone unturned and find every clue and and actually properly solve the crime and all that stuff, uh, and it took me ages. So it's like you know these are not quick levels. It's like you want me to boot it up, watch her go through her clockwork, kind of walk around the mansion, and basically sit in an area with the people for her to come in, just for me to get that one challenge. You know, it's like eh, I I I don't know if I could be arsed doing that. Um, yeah, well, I I did get that one. There's there's a, a people that faces the the stairs to her room, right? And she's going up in that constantly. So if you just stand there for five minutes, you get it. Um, all the other peoples, I'm sure, are like red herrings. They just waste your time looking through. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. Uh, one thing as well is um, the, the there only being three mission stories per level at least so far of what i've seen uh whereas before you had like five or six or seven different ones to do feels scaled back as well yeah it's it's weird when they i feel like it was like when they switched like in the first game it was like opportunities and it felt like there was loads of them but yeah i think because when you look through the challenges for each map there are still tons of like unique ways to off a person but i guess I, I don't know. I guess this is just a design choice. They were just like, we're 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 not going to make these guided things. We're going to make them things where you have to you have to do them yourself. Yeah, because uh, in Dubai, I did one that felt very mission story. Was it the golf ball one? Yes, I knew exactly what it was going to be. <laughs> the golf ball one, and there's so there's like there's little um, hints you get or or like signposts you get in terms of what you have to do, but you only get it by like following the target around and hearing what he's like doing and stuff. So you really have to work that one out. Um, which was strange because it seemed like, yeah, it, w- it would be something that you normally would be guided to do because it was more complex than just hit someone with a moose head or something. You know? 
But yeah, that's uh, Hitman. I think you'll like um, Mission 3. Um, I'm not too far away from it, to be fair. Yeah, I, I've only played through it once. It's a bit different. Uh, it does seem like, in general, they are trying, while still delivering you that still sweet, sweet core experience. They, they're trying to branch out a bit, and so there is a, a bit of a twist in the formula in 3, but I think you'll like it. Um, yeah, I, I want to... I, I really liked the, the story twist that happened at the end of the second episode, so I, I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, yeah, I want to... Uh, I want to jump back into the third map a little bit more before uh, before moving on. Uh, they did say, though, in a bit of a walk back to what they said previously, I think they've said that they are going to do DLC for this, which they I think previously said they were not going to, but it seems like they are now. Um, uh, so that's so. So it's not the end of, of Hitman just yet, thankfully. But um, yeah, so that's the uh, that is the Hitman guff for this week. Uh, elsewhere in the old uh, game world, I have returned to Animal Crossing. Um, uh, Brona got herself a Switch this week, which is, uh, I think, her first gaming console ever. Um, you know, with uh, four more months of lockdown looming, she decided to, to take that up. Got Animal Crossing with it, so I said, you know what I should do? I should fire up the old Animal Crossing, clean up my island, because it's probably in a state, which it was cockroaches and weeds everywhere but i fixed it up and i'll try and get back into the the loop of it and pick up where i left off and try and upgrade my island because i i did kind of leave it midway through the closing stretch do you know what i mean right um i never got the kk slider concert i uh, that whole upgrade your star rating process was just like oh i cannot be arsed doing this it seems so slow <laughs> um, and it is yeah. but i after toiling at it for a few weeks and losing interest i picked it back up in the last couple of days and i already got it bumped up to a two star so i think i'm i think i'm going to properly try and commit and 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 upgrade it uh so, yeah, the, it, so it's, it's not that hard to be honest yeah if, i think if you just because i've, I've kind of read up on what the the basic things the game wants you to do and i'm like all right i can i can just do this stuff so i'm gonna uh, and so then you know she's still early on she's at she's kind of at the stage where she's still getting the um uh here's your new here's a shovel do you know what i mean she's still at that level yeah, yeah, yeah. um but you know once Bruno unlocks the airports then i can be like okay you can come over here and you can see my thing and i can give you these items that will speed things up and you can blah blah blah, blah, blah. um and it'll be a nice thing we can do and i'm also i'm also just enjoying Get, uh, being back into it, to be honest, and checking in with it. And, um, yeah, I think the social aspect of it is very important. So if you have someone to play it with, that's going to help you play it more as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I've been playing that, and I finally, after starting it in July, I saw credits on the old Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, oh, oh yeah. baby. And let me tell you, that final act's pretty great. It's pretty damn great. Um, yeah, excellent. Um, uh, but by the end of that game, you've got so much badass ninja stuff. It is unbelievable. I mean, the, if there is a, a a minor criticism of this game, the controller is bursting with things to do. They have about 10 options assigned to each button. Um, it's very, it's a lot, but nonetheless, I was flying around, I'm swinging off the trees, I'm landing on people, I'm doing a triple assassination, then I'm entering ghost mode and doing the, when the screen goes red and black and just feeling like the most badass warrior ever. Oh, it's great. It's great. And the story, which was great anyway, really picks up in the final third. Uh, just tremendous. Yeah, really, really great stuff. Um, 
can only can only echo the various great things we've said about it on this uh, on this uh, uh, podcast here. So um, I don't think I'll platinum it, but I'm definitely just earlier today. I was kind of I'm going to work my way down through the island, get the trophies for liberating the whole island. Um, I won't do all the side quests because a lot of them because there is there's like two dozen that are just like oh bandits stop the bandits. I'm like I don't know if I'll be arts doing that. But I do want I do want to do the ones with all the like the named story characters. Um, oh, you got to do that. Got it. Like I I finished Yuna's and Masako's, which are both great. Um, I have I have one left to do with the sensei, um, which I don't think you can do until after the story. Anyway, I'm not sure if you can or you can't. Um, so I'll finish his and the monk fellas, um, and I, I might call it quits there. And the oh the the mythic ones, the ones where you get all the cool armor and weapons and stuff. I'll finish those. Yeah. Um, I'll do all that stuff and I'll call it quits because a lot a lot of it is then just riding your horse to location and fighting dudes. And I think I'll, I think I'll have had my fill by then. But um, but yes, uh, really excellent. I mean, really really excellent. And uh, I hope they do another one. I have way more interest in them doing another one of these compared to another infamous. You know, um, yeah. or is that yeah? So yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, um, and yeah, that's what I've been. Uh, that's what I've been playing this week. So I, I do want to, you know, I, I wanted to kind of finish off the stuff that's been hanging around. So check off Ghost of Tsushima. I, I would like to check off Doom Eternal as well, which I kind of left hanging over Christmas and then uh, face into the the new games of the year. But yeah, that's all I've been playing this week. Um, Right. Well, when I've not been playing Hitman, I've been playing old games. Um, taking inspiration from Joe's. Uh, yes. Super Mario Odyssey, no pun intended. Well, it was a pun. Um, yeah, so I finished Donkey Kong Country 3, 100% of it. 100% of the whole trilogy, 1, 2, and 3. But easy. Easy when every time you die, you just hit. Rewind. Left trigger, right trigger, rewind a few seconds. Mm. Oh, I didn't die, actually. I'm alive. <laughs> um those games are, are so good. So fucking good. Um, I love them. Nice to finally finish 3, which as I said, I, I had when I was, and I still have it, when I was a kid I had it on Super Nintendo and wasn't able to 100% it. Um, so there was always this mysterious part of the overworld I was never able to see, and now I finally see and I finally beat the game. Um, so that was nice. That was a nice experience. Um, played my first ever NES game, mm-hmm. um, Legend of Zelda, the first one. Uh, beat that on Switch in probably about four hours. Um, look, NES games are just too old <laughs> for me. I can't enjoy them. Um, people talk about the jump, right, from Super Nintendo to Nintendo 64 or like PS1 to PS2, PS2 to PS3 as being like huge generational jumps. Mm. But NES to Super Nintendo is is night and day in terms of how bad NES games look and play and how good Super Nintendo games look and play. It's like Legend of Zelda and Link to the Past, which I'm now playing, came out only six years apart. And it's like... So you the, the the gap between them couldn't be greater, you know. Um Legend of Zelda was 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 okay. I, I felt I played it with a guide the entire way through because it's like Breath of the Wild in that you can go anywhere, 
do the dungeons in whatever order you want. But it's so... Um, it's a really confusingly designed game. You're, you're never clear what way you're supposed to go or and not in a way like in breath of the wild where it's like go anywhere and and there'll be something fun for you to find in 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 the original legend of zelda there's so much random placement of stuff that is like go to this random screen place a bomb on the seventh tree in the row and you'll find a secret cave and it's like but how would you know to put the bomb on the seventh tree when you only have three bombs? You know, you don't have an abundance of bombs to bomb everything. Yeah. And so, okay, it's a, it's a game from 1985, so game design wasn't quite at its zenith yet. But uh, I found it a mostly boring, uh, obviously very difficult game. Uh, but, you know, I never played I'm a huge Zelda guy. I never, I've never played the first two games on the NES. So I, w- I will at some point play the second one as well. But I'm just happy to experience it, get it done. Um, and when I make my Legend of Zelda list, uh, it's going to be at the bottom. <laughs> because it's... it's I, I, I didn't hate it, but it's not fun. It's not a fun game to play. I don't know if it'll be at the bottom if you're going to play the CDI games, which you should. No, I'm not going to play it. No, no, no. Those were uh, those were not developed by Nintendo, and so I don't count. <laughs> also, you know, Philips- maybe, you'll, maybe you'll hate Zelda too because that is a weird, different thing. It is. Um, I'm apprehensive about it for sure. I do. But, I, um, I I do wish cause as my you know my mind was blown with the PS2, but I I do wish I was alive to experience the to be playing NES games for years and then play Super Nintendo. I feel like I would have looked. You know, you would have looked like Thrill House. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, because like Zelda is still like it's not quite Atari with like blocks and circles, and that's all you have. But it is like NES is still kind of the era where you, you're having to use your imagination a little bit with the video game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's like you know the, these you're going into these lush dark woods, and you don't know what's in there, and it's just like it's a couple of little green blobs. You know, it's just like. <laughs> It's exactly that. And then, mo- moving from that to Link to the Past, the second I started playing Link to the Past, I was like, oh my god, video games, they're back. <laughs> this is what it should be. Um, now, Link to the Past, to, to give some context to it, that's a game that I've beaten like three times already. So this is another one that I had when I was a kid, beat it when I was a kid. Um, but I haven't beaten it in a while. And I'm I'm trying to beat pretty much all the Zelda games in this like two year, three year period since I started, I think towards the tail end of 2019. Mm. Um, so I have beaten Legend of Zelda. I'm like two dungeons into it with a link to the past, which I kind of know like the back of my hand. That's not going to take me too long. Um, I also fished out. Let me get him here. You're not going to be able to see him, but I'll make the noise of him. Oh. Uh, my Nintendo DS copies of Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, and then on the 3DS, a uh, game I've never played. I don't know where this came from. I didn't buy this game, but it somehow found its way into my house. Uh, Triforce Heroes. So they're on the list, as well as A Link Between Worlds, which I'm going to play. After Link to the Past, I'm going to play A Link Between Worlds, because that's the sequel that came out on 3DS in 2013. And I will play Adventure of Link as well, the second NES game. And then I think that'll pretty much be like 16 Zelda games beaten in 
a little by the time I do it, probably a little over two years, and I'll be able to give the definitive ranking of these games. Um, yeah, so far, Legend of Zelda is the worst one. <laughs> Link to the Past would be near the top. Um, Donkey Kong Country is is probably the second best. I'll give you my Donkey Kong list now. Okay. Um, if I was to very haphazardly whack together a list of Donkey Kong games that I played. Um, I would have number one Donkey Kong Country 2 uh, which is the best one obviously um, let me just write that quickly Donkey Kong Country Returns Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong 64 I'm not counting the Bongo games um, no. I did have, I did have Donkey Konga and then they put out did they put out one or two like Bongo platformers like Jungle Beat I never played any of them yeah they, they did they just yeah. Fucking stupid to me. Um, okay, I'm gonna put at the bottom as much as it pains me to say. Right, fifth place, Donkey Kong Country, the first one. Um, just because you know, it was it was the foundation from which the good games were built on. But it's a little too simple and a little too. It doesn't have the bells and whistles that the other games have. Uh, number four, I have Donkey Kong sixty four. Uh, kind of too too much of a Banjo Kazooie clone. Uh, I also never like properly finished it, but uh, you know, it's yeah, I quite enjoyed it for when I played it as a kid. I haven't revisited. It. Maybe I need to revisit it as part of my my new my new uh, Donkey Kong fascination. Uh, number three, Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii, the Retro Studios one. Uh, super super difficult, but quite fun. Um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is on Switch. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but uh, I will probably get around to that at some point. Number two, Donkey Kong Country Three, the one I had as a kid. I have nostalgia for. Uh, it's got really good level design and all that, but the best ones Donkey Kong Country 2. Best levels, best music, best characters. Plays the best, 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 best. Right. Uh, we do have emails. Emails. Do you want to go for yours first? Sure. It's following on from something we mentioned earlier and, and we're talking about last week. It is from Scott the Boy McAvoy. He says, just curious... Have you thought about how much money you've saved in the last year by not going to the wrestling shows? I know you'd rather have the fun of going to a show compared to sitting around the apartment. But if you think of it, you could have either gone to all those shows in the last year or purchased an Xbox or PS5 or a memory expansion or two, you know, if you wanted. Uh, Which would you pick? Uh, How much have you all saved on things like entertainment and vacations? I, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I have never, ever, ever gotten a console at launch, let alone both of them that is not that's not a thing that we do here uh i'm not you know walking in uh, to gamestop and they go oh you're back barry and i go look closer gamestop employee and i'm <laughs> seven foot tall and made of gold um it, i mean I, this was something i realized i think in like the summer of last year when i was kind of you know i i i do my sums on a regular basis i have many many spreadsheets with my uh, uh bills on it and i was like Fucking hell, how much do I spend on wrestling all the time? Um, well, not just wrestling, it's not just wrestling, but it's like, you know, uh, pre, pre-pandemic, pre it was once a month up to Dublin for OTT, which is, uh, as we've discussed, Paul, those tickets were not getting cheaper over time. Uh, yeah, but for you, it was travel as well. Well, that's, uh, that's it. And I, I, expenses that I didn't necessarily have. 
Uh, yeah, and like I, I'm fortunate enough that I, you know, I have pals who who put me up when I when I go up there, uh, you know, so I don't have to pay for uh, the extortionate hotels. But yeah, uh, trains, uh, expensive tickets to the shows, uh, you know, boozing before, at, and after the shows, um, food, which is also expensive in Dublin, and that's like one weekend out of a month for my, you know, one hobby. And then it's come back down to the next weekend. It's like, oh, well, my, uh, you know, my roommate wants to go out. I know I have to go out with the girlfriend. And then it's, you know, and, uh, you know, it's the, the general socializing um, costs are, are exorbitant, but the wrestling does stand out um, as a big, big old um, uh, expense. Because also, it's like, you know, I do the OTT thing, but it's also saving for twice a year for Germany. Do you know what I mean? Saving for once in a blue moon, popping over to the Rev Pro or whoever, because there's someone there that I'm like, oh, I'll get that off the bucket list. You know, it all it all adds up. Um, now, to Scott's question, would I rather... <laughs> would I rather like have had that money that I could then spend it on a, on a lovely PlayStation or or be going to the shows? I think I would rather still be going to the shows. To be quite honest, um, I've gone up and down over the course of the last few months about like oh you know eh, maybe it's it's good to not be constantly on the road and constantly blowing money and constantly doing X Y Z and constantly being tired because every weekend I'm going to this show or that show or the other thing, but. Oh God, I miss it. The the, the novelty of of being stuck indoors is has has thoroughly um uh, worn off. Uh, what about you, Lance? It was, you it was nice. It was nice to have something to look forward to every month or every two months as well. You know, in a kind of milestoney way, like oh, I've uh, Scrap Romania in, in a month. Oh, that's gonna be great. Look, looking for updates on it and match announcements like that's in itself was an experience as well yeah the the they put up a match graphic and you get all excited and and it's not like another wrestling company where you, you they put up the match graphic and go like, oh, i can't wait to watch it's like oh, I'm, I'm gonna go and and even you know yeah it's, it, it was very much a thing that i would kind of like at the, the shittiest days of work i would just grit my teeth with look fucking next week is ott week and just whatever we'll just get through it and then even you know when ott is bad it's like whatever because it's a live show when you go and you scream and you have fun and it's it's yeah i yeah i would i would i would much rather have that a hundred times over to be honest um but um, i think it's i think it's an interesting perspective and i do think um uh i mean i i will obviously go to ott in a heartbeat when the when they're back but i think it's kind of made me realize like you know i the old uh, on a wing and a prayer flying over for a fucking fight club pro who should probably never run again in light of other things. Um, uh, things like that will, will probably be cut out because the, the expenditures of the old wrestling tourism, um, they, they stack up quite a bit. Um, I'd still like to get to a WrestleMania at some point. I'm, I'm the only one who's never been of the trio of us. I, I think, um, and I think it's if you pick the right town, I think it's a great holiday as well. Um, yeah, like in New York or in uh, uh, L.A. or uh, what's the one everyone likes? Uh, um, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans. Uh, anyway, follow up question here from Scotty says uh, mid card pick one, also known as the yeah they were good, but I can't name a match from them I like. <laughs> uh, he says Dean Malenko, Billy Kidman, Shane. Helms, have a great week, Scott. Have a great week to yourself, Scott, as well. Um, I will say, Malenko, Kidman, Helms. I've never really been a Kidman guy. Um, 
I I would say purely based on the fact that I actually can remember some of these matches, I would say Malenko. Um, I think his I think his stuff with Ray and Jericho is actually very memorable. So I think he uh, I think he's my pick. Mm. There was of course the uh, Scotty Too Hotty match from Backlash. Oh uh, yeah, two thousand was it? I think yeah, two thousand. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd probably go Malenko. I'm trying to think of Helms apart from the Hurricane stuff. There was, mm, even even then, there's not much. Um, yeah, I'll probably go Malenko as well, just based on the, the few ECW matches as well. Mm, I think Malenko is like the nerd's choice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Fuck off! off. <laughs> mm, I think Malenko is the best. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm struggling to put up an aggregate for either of the other two, though. Except that Billy Kidman was real fucking cool. <laughs> um, and Hurricane, yeah, he did, he he had a good match. I don't remember with who or when, but he did a cool swing and neckbreaker off the top rope, and it was deadly. Mm. That's it. So I'll go Malenko as well, and, and just be a nerd, uh, too. Oh, so you're slagging it off, but you're going with it all. Hedging his bet. I have to go. Well, I'm a nerd, so that's how it is. Um, and speaking of the OTT thing, my uh, my buy a house fund is looking real healthy. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Cabray. Um, I have an email as well. Go on. It's from uh, Michelle Elhiha Escobar. Yeah, that's how that works. Isn't it? El Hija? I don't think so. Ah, it must be. It, it is, I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Ah, ah, shit, Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. Okay. <laughs> even, if it, even if it wasn't right, that would be the nickname. Um, hi, Paul. The subject is Pokemon, so I'm, de- I'm definitely the right person to ask you. Uh, hi, Paul. Joe and I were walking past a small dig site today. Were you? She says, my mind made the connection. <laughs> dig site goes to dig, goes to diglet, goes to Pokemon. Yep. That's how it works. And I was reminded how the first episode of Pokemon I ever watched was when the gang meet lots of diglet and Doug Trio. Um... I watched it when I was dropped off early at summer camp and was amazed and eventually watched all the episodes. Do you happen to remember which episode was your first episode or did you play the games first and then watch the show? Thanks. No. Um, one thing that Michelle might not realize is that Pokemon, the game only came out in Europe over a year after it came out in North America. So we didn't get Pokemon red and blue until like October 99 i think and i think it was out in like mid 98 in the us so this was common back in the day that are like your game releases in europe were like a, a year late so while you folk in the us were enjoying having diglett and duck trio we were scratching our asses and doing <laughs> doing nothing um so i'm i'm sure the tv show was first um go, looking at the timeline like Pokemon was already big in Europe by by ninety nine, just by virtue of the TV and that. Surely, wasn't it? Um, and then the, when the game came out, the brand had already been established, so the game would have come second. 
Um, in terms of what episode I watched first, I don't remember. I I don't want to. I don't want to be a, a stick in the mud and say the first one I I remember watching was like the first episode. Um, but I will tell a different anecdote, which was there's an episode where Ash's Butterfree falls in love with a pink Butterfree, <laughs> and, they, and they go off together all happy and as they go off together ash is standing on like a cliffside and he let he lets a little tear come out oh a, a tear of sadness because his friend butterfree is leaving but also a tear of happiness that he's 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 happy that uh but then young paul did a, a mighty big tear of sadness because he i had a little cry because butterfree went away and oh, was sad that's the nerd's pick if you ask me <laughs> you dickhead <laughs> He's hoisted me on my own butterfree tired there. Um, so thanks for email, Michelle. What about you? Any emails, Joe? No. Alrighty. Oh. Uh, we want the wrestling then. Yes. Uh, it is in fact the day after the Royal Rumble, and we've all watched it. Yeah, uh, well, Paul, Paul watched it live. <laughs> uh, I took today off work as I do every nerd. <clears throat> uh, Taking the day off is the nerd's choice. I mean, it is, but um, so what about this? You nobody watched the pre-show, I assume. Oh no, no, I'm not a goddamn Mark. Yes, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe a nerd, but I'm not Mark. Uh, so we will talk here about the opener, which was Bill Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre retaining the what belt is this? WWE title. Um, right. What did we make of this one? Uh, usual, usual shit. Oldberg does a spear, <laughs> and then the other guy does his finisher. I thought that. Goldberg looks very old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, anything from You're right. <laughs> yeah, I have a few thoughts on it, right? Let me start from... I'll start chronologically. Why was it your favorite match of the year so far? <laughs> <laughs> because it was the first match I saw this year. No, um, it's not my favorite match of the year. Um, first of all, the way they that WWE have adapted the security guards knocking on Goldberg's door and he comes out. They have completely um, sucked all authenticity from it and all, you know, um, naturalness from it. And it just feels completely fake and rehearsed and lame. What was once a cool idea is now been ruined like it's uh, you know you can you can tell the security guard is, stand, is standing there by the door already and they go right we're gonna say action and then you knock like this exactly in that cadence one two three no more no less then bill will come out it's like it's so oh it's so overproduced and i know that that's like a cliche for wwe overproduced overproduced but Goldberg's entrance alone has been kind of ruined by it. The the unruinable has been ruined. Also, what was Goldberg wearing them little 
affliction yeah, shit. For that, that was that was part of my my issue. Was like so when I say he looks old, I'm not trying to state the obvious that Goldberg is old. Uh, he obviously is old, but I in his previous bouts, in particular the Brock bouts, I don't think he did look old. I thought he had a little grey beard, but he looked in incredible shape, and he looked like he could still obliterate the entire rest of the roster. And then on this one, he came out and. Listen, who am I to say, Mister Fucking All Goody February? But I was like, yeah, he looks like an he looks like an old retired wrestler, still in great shape. With that in mind, but he's in a world title match, and he had his shorts on, and he just didn't look great. And he every every move he did was slightly off. It wasn't it wasn't a train wreck, but everything he did was just a little bit ick. And, uh, and he, he was he was a little saggier skinned than last time I've seen him. Yeah, and like that's and that's that that is such a shitty thing to say. But I'm not saying it because you know it's it's just because he didn't look like that. You know he he defied age for most of his comeback run, and now it kind of looks like okay, now now he's an old wrestler, which is fine. Uh, well, let's put it into context, right? Goldberg is older now than Vince McMahon was when he won the WWF title. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so he's still he's still doing all right, all things considered. Um, and as far as a two and a half minute Goldberg match, uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was as good as as it was realistically going to be. They obviously have a very clear blueprint for what these matches are. For what it was, it was it was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so you know they did the the sensible thing um, with uh, um, Drew winning. So, uh, what was the next match? Uh, Sasha Banks and Carmella. Sasha and Carmella. That was it. Okay. With Reginald, who is this Reginald chap? He's a guy guy? they signed from Cirque du Soleil. Who is? When did that happen? Well, I've never none of, none of heard us, of this man. None of us are watching SmackDown, so of course we're not going to know everyone. Um, but the, I, I will say the clips they showed of his match with Sasha looked really good. <laughs> I might give that a watch. Uh, this was good as well. I thought. Um, uh, I heard people say their TLC match was really good. I didn't. Oh no, I did watch it actually. Yeah, it was good. Um, this one was not as good, but it was. Um, it was solid, you know. Uh, you know, Carmella can can have a good match with a with an opponent at the level of Sasha, you know. Um, I was playing a link to the pastor. Oh, uh, like, big old misogynist Paul. No, no, not misogynist yes, Paul. Yes, yes, yes. No, Carmella come out, and I say, "Well, she's looking all right, but I'm not watching her match." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, I I I watch seventy-year-old Goldberg flop around for <laughs> six minutes, but here come the beautiful and talented, which is what mattered. Women uh, uh, come out of the the goat Sasha Banks, and oh, I'm firing up my video game here in mother's basement. <laughs> Why are we using the mother's basement cliche? I don't know. Um, Anyway, no, I, 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 I was watching. I'm only joking. I, it was good. It was good. Backtracking, backtracking, bro. Okay. No, I'm not backtracking. I'm not backtracking. <laughs> Joe, were what did you think of this match? Uh, I, did, I didn't watch any of the uh, oh, no, no, I'm not sexy. I didn't watch any of the undercard matches because I only had time to watch the Rumble. I mean, what about... Here's proof for you, right? What about where Carmella did the old Lita 2005 dive and nearly paralyzed herself? What? You mean fucking an epic move? Yeah, it was class. 
here's, like, here's, oh my God, here's, here's the here's the formula for good wrestling, right? It looks like you fuck yourself up, but then you're fine afterwards, which she was. So, so that makes it that, that makes. Wait, it I don't know if that is the formula. Dramatic. She did a big epic move. And landed on her fucking head, and then she was able to come out uh, for the rumble later and keep doing a, another match. So, so anyway, <laughs> well, you told me. Anyway, so um, since since no one else can recap the finish because they didn't watch it, um, yeah, she won with the bank statement. Yeah, she won with the bank statement. That's good. Um, and I finished the first dungeon, so all <laughs> everyone wins. <laughs> Uh, was that the segue into the into the women's into the women's role. Yeah, Okay, so they had a uh, Bailey out first, which I thought was was interesting. Um, who was number two? Naomi. Naomi, the returning Naomi, and then Bianca Belair was number three. Uh, not too much. I thought it was really solid. Um, I thought they had a couple of interesting spots. Um, I, they. <laughs> why is Tori Wilson has a great deal. She just shows up once a year for the Royal Rumble. Um, she gets eliminated at least one person, which is not bad. And then, and then she's off again for another year. I hope she gets a big fat check for all of these these Rumbles they uh, they have her coming in to do. Um, she is like oh the way they go on about her being a legend and this all of it's like name one match that she had but that wasn't brawn panties. <laughs> What a legend she is as she hits that shite X factor for the tenth time. Um, yeah, Gillian Hall was a pleasant surprise because they because they haven't. Had- oh my god, I was laughing so hard. Her, her, and Billy Billy Kay was the star of this match. By the way, yeah, that was yeah, that was a good use of Billy Kay. Oh my god, Billy and Jilly, brilliant. Mm. Although she was only she was missing the big uh, mole that the boogeyman ate off her well, face. Well, he had enough. Where's the oh. continuity? You have to respect the continuity. Yeah, why didn't yeah, it grow back? Huh? Can't that. Look, if I want the classic Gillian Hall, I want it with the boat. <laughs> forget, forget about continuity. It's like when they bring it's out like... Jeff Jarrett as Double J or yeah. Bubba Ray as or... the old Bubba Ray. <laughs> <laughs> we want mole face, Gillian. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what, what else notable happened in this. So you had Billy Kay, that was kind of funny. Lots of NXT people showed up, which, to be honest, I think it, that's better than just wheeling fucking Kelly Kelly out again. And um, like, like I said, they've done they've done Tory Wilson, I think, every time at this stage. So, um, Jillian Hall was a great surprise. Victoria came out and did a widow's peak, which I got give big old pop. Although she didn't come out to the. Um, the tattoo music. Yeah, come on, let's open the purse strings a bit. You've signed a bajillion dollar deal uh, with with uh, Peacock. Let's get let's get the tattoo rights. Tony Khan is buying songs left, right, and center. Right, he cannot. You cannot move over there in in Khan Tower for just <laughs> records, just records everywhere. Um, exactly. But yeah, it was good to see Victoria as well. She yeah, she did a, she did a move after Peyton Royce did like a bad version of one. Um, uh, oh, and speaking of old, Ric Flair come out. Oh my god. Looking like the crypt keeper. The ghost of Ric Flair. And it's like, I don't who is a babyface in that feud? Because it can't be Charlotte, because she's Charlotte. Charlotte Charlotte is the babyface. But she's Charlotte and she's the most unlikable fucking person. Oh uh, well wait until the end of the rumble. And, we'll it's like, and it's like but also now I'm sure there is 
tons of brilliant explanations to this on Raw. And as a non-watcher, I am making a fool of myself. Isn't Lacey Evans saying that I feed my husband, I fuck my husband, he keeps me in the kitchen and I'm a good wife? Is that not her thing? Maybe a, two, five years ago, whenever she did. Yeah, yeah, I am, I am speaking from a place of ignorance, but I thought she was a... I thought she, her whole thing was she's a traditional woman and, and, and she's married... But then again, I suppose it's Ric Flair, so the idea is, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, we're talking way too much about this. <laughs> um, we had Shotty Blackheart, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai. Yes, yeah, so NXT. I'd rather have NXT people over um, mm. over the oldies. Um, I, liked, I liked the little tank. That was the best bit. Yeah. Come I've never right. seen Shotzi before. Oh, come on, the little tank. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else did we have? Oh, no, Bianca was pretty good. For someone who was in there for an hour, she did a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Spoilers for the men's room, but Edge did a lot of sitting. He, Edge did the old Rey Mysterio. Edge was just in the corner for an hour. <laughs> uh, which, you know, is fair enough. He's 50 and he's got loads of injuries. But Bianca Blair was out there having a match, you know. Um, uh, we had uh, We had every single tag team that's ever been in WWE doing the thing where they shake hands and then turn on each other. That got very boring by the 12th time they did it before the end of the show. Um, the, the, Tamina made her Tori Wilson one time a year appearance as well. Tamina made her appearance. Yeah, she uh, they, they blew the mothballs off her. She looks like she just wandered out of a shopping center. Like, the way she's dressed, the way she calls it. It's like, how is she a wrestler? But it's funny that, like, she comes out of the woodwork once a year, but they keep they, they always book her like this monster you have to be scared of and a badass. And it's like, but she, she like, she's employed, but she never shows up or does anything. Like, like, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so, you know, um, they did the thing. <laughs> like, Nia Jax teamed up with Shayna, and then they broke apart, and then she teamed up with Tamina, and then they broke apart. I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Stop doing stop doing this spot. Um, uh, was, the, was the Naomi thing too cute, where, where she completely fell out of the ring? Yeah, it's that was shit. That was shit. It's like, okay, I, I love those spots. I think Naomi has done some great ones. But and I, I also in the past rolled my eyes at Lance Storm because he poo- he hates all those spots. Anytime someone leaves the ring, he's like, "That should be you should be out. You should be out." I'm like, "No, no, it's they're having a bit of fun. They're being creative. If they do one foot on the floor or whatever, or they land on a chair or the table, that's fine." But doing the thing where she was on her back outside the ring with her legs in the air, I was like, "Okay." That's a little too cute, by even by the standards of of this match. But um, I liked her thing she did with, with Bianca towards the end, um, where they were fighting each other while upside down. That was cool. Um, yeah, but they could have got into that position without doing the goofy. Yeah, like the, 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 the feet in the air thing. Yeah, um, I agree. What else was there? Uh, oh, Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Oh, yes, that was so creepy when she came out. Not in the an actually good way, but in a way that she looks like a little girl. And she dresses like it's just like. Right. Do they put that on YouTube just to get more views? Is this well, is this the game here from Diddlers? Is what yeah, you're yeah. Creepy as well. Probably. She like a, I mean, oh, it's really weird. I did like that. <laughs> she teased. 
transforming, like morphing into a monster mm. or something. Like that's yeah. the thing. That's what I've discerned from the gifts on on Tuesday mornings after Raw is that like yeah she turns into a ghost or some shit like that. She teased it and they just threw her out of the ring, which is very funny. That was good. Yeah. It was like the theater school first week, just yes, you're gonna transform. Transform yourself. Mm. People buy this shit. <laughs> oh, God. She turns into a version of herself with a black t-shirt on <laughs> and black lipstick. Is my understanding of what it is. So, uh, yeah, so it came down to uh, Rhea Ripley, who had a, a pretty good showing, uh, Bianca Belair and Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> they dumped Charlotte out. And she did the old laugh, the old, oh, you got me. <laughs> yeah, the, tri- the Triple H special. Yeah, the Jeff Hardy Triple H thing, yeah, which was so funny. Um, uh, but, yeah, and then... Uh, they had a little back and forth and uh, Bianca won uh, I did not see that uh, winner coming I, I, especially when I forgot you know, Rhea's whole thing where she was like on top of the world and then it all fell apart and they started booking her terribly um, I was thinking maybe they would go with the redemption story um, mm. but I was but I, I guess I was pleasantly surprised because to be honest I Rhea's very good, but I kind of have more interest in Bianca Belair, to be honest, as a as someone I'd like to see in a in a really prominent WrestleMania match, you know. Right. Yeah, I, I, I although I like her more as a heel, I must say. This is my first time seeing her as a babyface. Um, she's a very she's a very good heel. Maybe she's a good babyface. I don't know. I'm, I'm not used to it, so it was, it was a bit of a shock. I was about to say she's she's such a good heel she'd probably get cheered, but I suppose that's not a problem at the moment. <laughs> um, she did a good interview then, where she was very emotional. It was good. Yeah, uh, certainly, it felt a little bit realer than than most of the things on this show. Oh, we never talked about, by the way, Bad Bunny. Oh yeah, performing his song Booker T with Booker T stood behind him, emotionless with his arms crossed, looking huge as well. <laughs> it is GI broke. Like w- that, w- right? when they did a segment later where Ms. Morrison were smoozing Bad Bunny, who blew them off, and then Booker T came along and said, "Tell me you didn't just say that." Um, Booker T was massive. I was like, I was like, this guy has to be in the rumble. He's fucking huge, um, and the G and like his hair, he grew his hair out super long. It looks awesome. He's like, he's like a jacked Snoop Dogg. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, well, musical performances at wrestling are never good. I mean, I don't. Yeah, this was a particularly annoying one. Was this? I I just thought it was just a performance. I didn't really care. No, it was it was that kind of music. I'm t- not into it all. <laughs> old man. Ooh. Oh, you got me. Milenko. <laughs> yeah, oh, his fault. He wants to watch his he, he wants to watch his Milenko matches, but he doesn't in a weird way. And he doesn't want to hear any bad bunny while he does this. Bad bunny. Um oh, so yeah, so then we got I'm skipping by the way all the filler shite, all the interviews, all the Rosenberg, all of that stuff. Mark, Mark Rosenberg winning the twenty four seven title. 
<laughs> we need to get that. We need to get that clear for Booker T says to him. I thought your name was Peter, not Mark, <laughs> which I adore. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Anyway, uh, so the um, skipping all that shit, and then we got to the the last man standing match: Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. Um, I thought this was mostly good. It was a lot of walking and brawling. That's fine. Um. They did some mad shit, including like the gnarliest running over spot I've ever seen in wrestling. Um, Roman Reigns killed Kevin Owens with that golf cart. Yeah, didn't watch it. <clears throat> uh, did watch it. It was too busy, too busy, baby. It was it was very solid, and then they got to the finish. Oh baby! First of all, I think this finish was bad anyway. Even even if it didn't get screwed up, because uh, they just the, 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 the match had ten million spots. Kevin Owens raised a forklift and then jumped off the top of it. All this mad shit, and then the finish is as follows: they're beating each other up at the side of the entranceway, and Kevin Owens gets, or no, I think Roman Reigns gets handcuffs, and Kevin Owens yeah. takes them off him and knocks Roman down, and he. While Roman is on the ground, handcuffs Roman to, like, the bottom layer of a truss, right? A metallic um, thing propping up a lighting rig or whatever. But it's on the, the it's basically touching the ground, so, like, Roman is unable to stand up. Which, first of all, the, the logic of that spot wasn't great to begin with, because, as we were about to shortly see. So the referee starts counting. And he gets to six or seven or something like that. And Roman uses his free hand... To grab the referee and I guess nine, nine. Oh, to nine. I didn't realize he got to nine. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so he was about to he was about to get to ten, and Roman grabs him and basically pulls him into the lighting rig, and the referee hits his head and goes down. So so Owens is like, shit. What am I going to do? So uh, Paul Heyman gets his hand on the key. And he goes to free Roman after low-blowing Kevin Owens. And he sits there. And he sits there. And he sits there. And you could see immediately what the issue was. First of all, they were literally... Roman was sitting on the ground. And they were on... Like, the handcuffs were just about, like, less than an inch above the ground. And it was, like... (laughs) Interwoven, kind of, in between this metallic truss that had some kind of complicated legs and prongs coming off it. And so Heyman had to get his his big old ham hocks um, with these comically small little keys. The keys, the handcuffs looked very, very small. Um, and he was like fiddling with the keys, trying to get it in, and then like it was very difficult to like turn his hand because it was surrounded by this truss and they sat there and they sat and it felt like five full minutes. It probably was only 40 seconds or or close to a minute, but Oh my God. And so then I guess not realizing that the spot had gone awry, the second referee came out and started to count. And then Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman just sort of look at him and he goes six. And then he goes, what? He's up, or he, or he just kind of just like says nothing, but sort of makes a noise as if say, "Oh fuck." Um, uh, Roman at this stage, despite the difficulty of being handcuffed to the floor, essentially, kind of gets gets into like a standing crab position where he's technically on his feet, 
But he's like in a squat. He's like squatting, yeah, because because he realizes that everything is falling apart. He's like, okay, I have to get on my feet for this to look in any way passable. It still didn't. It still looked terrible. And after what felt like an hour, Paul Heyman got the handcuffs off, and uh, then he just kind of won the match with a with a, a guillotine choke, which was so anticlimactic. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought if if Power Slam was still around today, rest in peace. Uh, this would be described as an entertaining scrap. Yeah, uh, yeah, very much the uh, the definition of that. Uh, and yeah, the, the handcuff thing was very very awkward. Um, Heyman couldn't get the handcuffs off, which you know he had the key because Reigns came out with handcuffs. That made sense. Um, and then, yeah, Owens gets into the squat position, negating the whole spot in the first place, if he can just get onto his feet from there. Um, which is very silly. And yeah, then the ref was, the second ref, as Barry said, was counting them. I think Owens was down as well. He was counting them both out. And when Owens got up, he got six and went, oh, uh, yeah, You're, they're up, even though Reigns was. Very clumsy, very silly. They should have figured out the unlocking the cuffs thing in advance. Um Maybe have a ref come out and do it, or maybe have some gimmicked handcuffs that Reigns could just break out of, or something. I don't know. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was a very fun match. And then to just win with the guillotine was a bit of a bleh ending, but it was fun. It was a very fun match. I liked it more than I liked the Owens Rollins match at WrestleMania. That was more entertaining to me, uh, except for the finish, which was garbage. And then we had the Royal Rumble. Oh, which wasn't as good as last year's one, but it was good. Was it good? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Well, uh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Now, this is the bone of contention here, and I think this is where we differ on this show. Wasn't as good as last year. That is an understatement. First of all, last year had a crowd. Se- yeah. Second of all, the first half of last year's match was Brock Lesnar murdering everyone in the I'm most going, entertaining ooh, way possible. Oh, big boy, dancing to MVP's music. That was the that was yes. pop, arguably the best thing WWE did all of last year. I agree. I agree. I gave it my match of the year. Don't forget this match was a snoozer for the most part. Um, and you know, first of all, uh, that tag team spot I mentioned earlier, where the tag teams fist bump and then turn on each other. I hope you want seven more of those in this one because that's going to happen. Um, and also, like, oh, Randy Orton, my he's going to his career may be over. He's definitely, definitely, definitely out of this match. Definitely. Uh, also, where's Burns that you had last week? Where is Burns? Yeah, where is Burns? Also, why are they acting like Orton and Edge are feuding and that's the thing that's been going on for weeks? Like, I realize they were feuding before Edge left, but it's just kind of like there is no mention at all of of what Orton's been up to. Yeah, the Orton-White feud that's been going on up until this week. Um, as I mentioned earlier, compared to Bianca, Edge just he just laid around. I mean, you know, I'm not going to crucify the guy. He's old, but, you know. I, I've just found this whole rumble quite sad. Like every time someone come out, it was just some past it fucking guy who's been on TV for 15 years. It's like D- Jeff Hardy, Dolph Ziggler, John Morrison, you know, The Miz, Sheamus, Corbin. I just, I, I kept like waiting for the next person to come out and be like, oh, it's him. But it, it never happened. It was just very like, right. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Tired. That's what it was. Okay. It's like yeah, all the all the act- all the active wrestlers were like yeah, it was like when Ziggler came out, I was like this fucking guy. Oh my god, he never goes away. And then it's like so it was a mix of that, right? Miz as well. I cannot believe how hard they are still pushing the Miz. And I think we have defended the Miz a lot on this show mm. and given him and given him his flowers. But fucking hell, man. Like he's still doing the same act, and he's they've got Morris in there, absolute like wet fart of a comeback for that guy. Um, like so, yeah, it's all like squandered prospects, and then old dudes coming out and not looking very good. Um, I couldn't believe, right? There was I was banging the drum all week, and I was wrong. That I thought the Fiend was going to win this, right? Because mm-hmm. he's been off TV, he'd come back as a surprise. And this would be their big thing, right? So I was wrong. And everyone else, people who, who, you know, are as cynical as we are, but so many people were like, well, no, this is the year. And the bookies were even saying it. Big E or Daniel Bryan. Those are the picks. Those are the picks. Big E eliminated by a manager, not even in the match. (laughs) Like, I think he had a decent little run, but it was not, you know, not anything special. And Daniel Bryan tossed out by Braun Strowman. Oh, my God. It's just like, it's just like, the only people in the match that I actually liked and gave a shit about got, they they got no, they got no respect. They got no respect. No respect. (laughs) Um... Right, let's go through the the surprises. Okay. okay. So you had Christian come out all um, malnourished, like he's not eaten in <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> I thought he looked alright. I thought he, was... he, he 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 looked like Edge. He looked all yeah. old and gaunt. Yeah, he didn't look any worse than Edge, really. Yeah. Um. <laughs> then moving up the scale, you had. Uh, Carlito fucking yeeted out of his mind. Carlito, am I right? <laughs> Looking like prime Triple H back in the day. Um, I, I suspect he wasn't tested for the old uh, wellness policy. Uh, you had Big Fat Kane. Oh God, Kane. Oh, big big uh, old uh, Parlay dot com uh, Mayor Glenn come out. Butlin's cane comes out and is really awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful looking red suit and his oh, that 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 particular outfit he wears is the least flattering given his age. Mm, that was the th- maybe maybe not the old um, singlet you wore in like two thousands. Yeah, big tits come out mm. on either side of it. No, but go back to the old red and black. That everyone liked in the first place. Like, get rid of this shite Halloween costume he wears. It's absolutely dreadful. And his shit coloured mask he's wearing. Mm. Um, Dominic Mysterio. Yeah. That was nice. I was read somewhere. I don't remember where I read it. He was like one of the only people under the age of 30 in the match. How about that? Two, yeah. Him and Otis? Otis, yeah. Uh, and the Hurricane. Horrible. Hurricane, who is the male Tory Wilson at this stage, who is in what way? He's always in the Royal Rumble. He's all every time there's like surprise yeah. entries, he has to be one of them. Yeah, they've done this so many times. It's not Hurricane again. When he came out, I was like, again, this 
motherfucker again. Oh. The, the case, did, go on. They did do the old Triple H Steve Austin Royal Rumble 2002 choke Sam spot, which is funny. But um, when Kane came, like Kane got to eliminate Ricochet, which I thought was funny. Um, like Kane came out looking terrible and like, but but still got to just like run wild on everyone and just you know like it's Kane. The worst thing, I think, the most damning thing about the show overall with Goldberg. Edge, Christian Kane. The amount of wrestlers on the show with grey chest hair <laughs> was weirdly weirdly notable. Yeah. Kane in his outfit, he just grey chest hair. And you could see his actual hair through the, the, the wig. And then he was interviewed then on WWE's YouTube channel without the mask. Which, you know, fair enough. But like, what's the point of wearing the mask in the first place then? Because it's the old nostalgia pop. I don't know. Kane sucks anyway. And there's no pop because there's no crowd. <laughs> so what am I talking about? Um, that This was my first Thunderdome show that I ever watched, by the way. Yeah. One in the Bank wasn't Thunderdome, was it? That was pre-Thunderdome. No, that was, that was in the PC, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a weird, a weird um, environment with the, the fake... It's like watching a football game with the fake crowd noise. Yeah. And weird like the videos of the fans in the background would like loop sometimes that was weird because you see one person glitch to a different position suddenly mm-hmm. um no i mean watching it live maybe watching it live gave it a, a a different feel than watching it knowing that it was pre-taped i don't know i'm just trying to come up with it and, and, <laughs> i don't understand why i enjoyed it and you two didn't delirious through lack of sleep <laughs> yeah I, I had just eaten a huge wad of cake um that must have been because i knew yeah so sure, i was man. high on endorphins and stuff um that, i thought um, it was fine that omus on was his name omus omus like a mass yeah a mass he's tall isn't he he's big he's, he's very big. he's like level with the top rope i was like oh hello he's big He's a big guy. I told you, can have a look. He's got to be seven, seven foot seven, four. Yeah, build at seven three, so he's probably Fuck at least yeah. seven one. <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't hate I, the next I, rumble. To be clear, I, I thought it was dull. I just didn't. I just didn't think much about it. I I did like the Christian surprise. I like. I like when I can still be surprised. Um, mm. but then when he came out and was, he didn't really do much. Um, except give Edge a hug, and Edge looked happy when it came out. That was it. Yeah. Um, then Rollins came out. That was quite a surprise as well. I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This fight, and then Braun at number thirty. He's mostly in that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was unnotable, apart from you know the stuff we've we the, the few things that we've mentioned. Um, as you say. The problem with the Rumble this year is that the, the people who are actually on the roster don't get any reaction, and it's people like Kane and Christian mm. who are the notable entries, you know? Which is backwards, almost. Um, uh, yeah, I thought both Rumbles were, were fine, and I thought the the matches were, were pretty good as well for what they were, and I thought overall it was a good show. But I didn't pay for it like I do for uh, all my other pay-per-views. I've been burned once too many times. You got me on the money in the bank money. You're not getting mm-hmm. me a second time. Fool me once. Shame on me. Whew. What about last week's Dynamite? That was a back to form, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was happy with it. Yeah. Um, anything notable happen on uh, Jungle Boy FTR match? Oh, that was real good. And also Eddie Kingston Lance Archer match is really good. Yeah. I thought Jungle Boy FTR should have been the main event because that was just really good. And then uh, I'm not really into the whole, um, I don't even know what they're called, the the, the big brothers from Impact. Oh, yeah. Oh, when he did his Blizz Cliz promo, I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God, <laughs> I'm not Paul Griffin, mate. Get this shit out of my face. <laughs> I yeah I I kind of like the whole when it was a kind of invasion summer of punk type thing it was fine but I don't want to see these like all these impact guys on TV every week every week they're yeah, in impact it's, it's... for a reason <laughs> oh he's done them because they're shit <laughs> yeah I mean I I I do like them especially when they're doing their their wacky interviews but once you get gallows in the ring you're like oh god here we go. Here we go. Um, yeah, good show overall, though. Yeah, it was good. Well, the, the Jungle Boy match was the the cornerstone of the show. Also, Dolph Ziggler's brother was on it. Yeah, that was um, interesting. He don't wrestle as good as Dolph Ziggler, I'll say that much. Uh, no, but then he's not been on TV every week for the last 25 years. So True. It's more yeah, slightly more entertaining. He, he took the shittest bookshot lariat I've ever seen. Um... Yeah, I don't have much much else to say about it. I don't mm-hmm. think. Any kicks to Lance Archer was good. They're doing that match again next week in the Lumberjack match. Oh, nice. Uh, next week is the Beach beach Bash, whatever it's called. Uh, um, beach Break. Beach Break with uh, yeah, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Moxley, Pack and Ray Phoenix. Penelope Ford and Sabian's Wedding, which is going to be a load of old shit. Mm. Uh, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, finally. That should be good. Uh, Tag Team Battle Royal for the number one contender spot. I'd be surprised if anyone but uh, Jericho and MJF win that one. Um, yeah. Well, they tease the Young Bucks will win and pick Good Brothers. Well. If you if you want to have a bad match out of it, yeah. <laughs> Do that. Um, and then, obviously, the last Archer match I just mentioned. Uh, and then one final thing to mention is this week was also Major Fest, which was the season finale of Zack Ryder and or Mac Cardona and Brian Myers Figure Wrestling Federation, and it was oh Chef's Kiss. It was absolutely tremendous, and it it, it was better than uh, Dynamite and the Royal Rumble combined. Um, they have a. RSS feed now for just the FWF stuff. So if anyone wants to dip their toe in, they have uh, all the shows, including what were at the time the Patreon exclusive pay-per-views are all up on that feed. And oh my God, I'm so sad that it's over now. There'll be nothing on a Wednesday for me to get excited to listen to Turmoil. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, the Major Fest was like their WrestleMania that they built to over the six months that this was going on. And it was like an hour fifty of each of them doing their doing their show. Um Macardona is is definitely the wackier the wackier booker of the two. And his his WrestleMania main event made not a lick of sense, but I absolutely loved it. Um feature it was like um it was like Return of the King in that it had like four fake endings. 
<laughs> and just good night everybody wait a minute the lights went out again and it's just complete wackiness it was it was brilliant um but yeah and hopefully they do a second season brian myers seems pretty done with it but it was my favorite wrestling thing of the last year uh and it, yeah just to let people know that rss feed is out if people want to dip into it, it was great Great, I think that's all we have today, lads. I think so. Yeah, we'll be back next week with more of the usual fun and games um, and all the various guffs. So until then, do take care, folks. Happy spring and all that, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. It's goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Townie. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from the producer, The Griff. Goodbye. Goodbye.